Welcome back to the Recycling Weekly Podcast. I'm with Rachel again. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Um, it's been two weeks. How long has it been since we did a podcast? It's been a while. Yeah, two weeks or so, I think. Yeah, I would say a lot's happened, but it hasn't really. Like, what has been happening? Just Scandinavia. Nothing's been happening, which is bad. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we need more races at this time of year, please. Like important ones because it's just a bit dead now isn't it like truly like I mean it feels like the calendar's so front-loaded and then at this time of year we're just sat here like scraping the barrel it just makes no sense no sense no exactly I mean I think the last thing we spoke about was like world championships which feels like it was so long ago now yeah Um, which I guess normally at this time of year would be coming up still. Yeah. We yeah, don't true. have that. Because um, so- on the men's side, it feels like it's a lot's happening still. Like the Vuelta, then they're going to have like Lombardia and races like that. Whereas on the women's, it's just dry. <laughs> no yeah. <laughs> like it was like a decent race but it wasn't full full of like hitters was it it wasn't like a top 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 quality star list or anything no and that's the thing I think like at least like you can you can say what you want about kind of like we shouldn't just follow how the men's do it and we shouldn't just completely follow the men's calendar in this but like at least it has I think I've said this before but at least the men's calendar has a bit of a like cohesive narrative to it you know you've got it the season starts and finishes with like one day classics and in between you've got the, the summer season that's punctuated by three grand tours like for the women it's just like here's a whole load of one day races at the start now there's a whole load of stage races in the same like six week period here's all three grand tours so called like between happening between may and july and good luck for the rest of the season see ya (laughs) yeah no it's actually dead hard though because even like people could like pretty much finish their season in like august september and then it's such a long winter which uh, like would be really hard for a rider because you can get so like sick of training throughout a winter and if it's if it's running like a six month winter that is so long just for you to be training for before the racing actually starts uh, it's kind of okay if you're going to do like the if you're like Australian or whatever and you're going to do some really early season races but generally if you're going to start in March with the classics that's really is a long time to not race for I know if I was a, a female pro I'd get into cyclocross <laughs> just for something to do get a bit of um get a bit of start money why not <laughs> uh maybe that's why we saw a few like cyclocross races um like we had was it Kopecky and Weavers did a few last season? Maybe they were just like YOLO, got nothing else on. I'm interested to see if they rock up to like the Gravel World Champs as well. That's at like start of October. And I swear, like I've seen Weavers and like Volering doing gravel rides. I have I have a feeling they might just turn up to that race and like try and win the Gravel Worlds. Maybe. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, SD works just gonna be like we just want to win literally everything yeah so, by the way 
sorry if I sound nasal today I, and if it's annoying but I have a cold or I've had a cold so get your violins out for me <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd address that elephant in the room um but yeah I guess yeah the race we have had is Scandinavia and what is there to say really I think Cecilia Ludwig made the entire race that's my opinion yeah I agree she was actually so good to be fair she was she won two stages was like third in the other two I think it was only the time trial she was outside of like the top three basically um and like fair play to her she raced so well she was like attacking she like really like on the sprint stages on both of the sprint stages she attacked like did last minute attacks and really ripped up the script of like didn't allow it to just be like even though we was did still win uh one of them she the two, no two of them I think she basically Cecily didn't just like let it happen and it wasn't boring it was actually really good to watch purely because of her attacking um and I really liked how she raced and it's a shame she didn't go come away with the win like in reward to how she raced she only she missed out by like two seconds which is so sad because she kind of deserved it like obviously Annemiek did really well but I don't know I feel like Cecily deserved it based on how much she put into that race you know yeah especially that move on the last stage like in the pouring rain and she just like went for a last ditch like kind of Hail Mary move and that's the sort of thing that you want to see like especially because she also thwarted um SD works and them getting yet another win with Lorena Weebez that day um which in their press release they were sort of like saying because there was an early break too and then they had to use it they were like crying like we had to use our riders to catch this break and then like this like it's like oh so you experienced like what it's like to be on the back foot a little bit for once yeah that's how it should be though like they need to put SD works in that position more often because when you see like teams like like teams I don't know I think it was on stage three Canyon Shram like massively pulled to get the um break back and it was a bit like why are you not just letting like why are you doing that because Weavers is in the bunch like they need to have the balls more often to just like let SD works panic and and like they will chase eventually like you it's just it's just kind of like waiting out to see how much they're prepared to how long they're prepared to wait for until they put riders in the front but they will do it because they they have to to win um yeah it was I really loved her attack it was like she she was it was such a good move she was like I think she was like 10 riders back in the bunch and then she went from the back went to like the other side of the road and she literally didn't get out of the saddle for like a whole no she didn't get in the saddle for like a whole kilometer she was so good um also in the rain and stuff was kind of was kind of epic vibes from her yeah it was epic I I I earlier like I was going to use the word epic and then I was like oh I feel like it's such an overused word exactly but it was epic like I feel like that is an apt use of the word yeah definitely um that stage looked so grim actually with with the rain um and same on stage three they had like really bad weather as well it's I think this race is uh having it kind of in late summer early autumn is perhaps not I mean last year wasn't there an issue with the it with it being a bit dark I remember 
Neve Fisher Black crashed out and she was saying that like it was they couldn't really see because they were like in the forest and um, yeah I don't know it is a good race though like I really like the the way it's like structured I thought they did a really good job of like having the um time trial and like the queen stage and then the like some quite punchy stages I thought it was like a really good varied route and also because the second stage was the queen stage which is obviously quite early in the race sometimes that's a bit of a thing like oh that's gonna make it quite boring because it's gonna like sew up the GC so early on but it kind of didn't do that in this race because then they had the TT and then the climb on the Queen stage was hard, but not hard enough for it to be like five minute gaps. It was just like hard enough to whittle it down to like a reduced group. Um, so I actually did really like the course. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good race. And um, I think actually with the time trial, I guess that's part of what uh, let Sila down when it came to the GC because her time trial isn't that strong whereas obviously Anna Meeks is and to lose by two seconds that's definitely part of it I would expect yeah I think she lost like 30 seconds to Van Vluten on the time trial which isn't awful but kind of yeah you probably need to work on it if you do want to be like a GC rider um because it is becoming quite crucial isn't it and in the tour and stuff they seem to be having time trials like more often and yeah it's a, it's an interesting one because I think I feel like this route suited Sile especially well because the mountains weren't like crazy crazy hard and yeah I still can't decide if this makes me think she should be a GC rider or not because I still don't I still feel like in the tour she should be going for stages because I still wouldn't really pin her down as like a GC rider when you're up against following and stuff and they're doing climbs like the Tourmalet or whatever. Yeah, I feel like she's the kind of rider that should go after GC in races like this, maybe things like the Women's Tour, if it ever comes back. That sort of, where you know you're not going to have, like, high mountains and you're not going to have a long climbs. I think also it helped that the field, the GC field wasn't especially strong. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have you know, Demi following and riders like that. And actually the SD Works team weren't their sort of A team particularly. Like obviously Weavers was there, but otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I think she's not a GC rider when it comes to things like the tour, but she's a kind of stage hunter who could go for a GC. Yeah. Yes. I think the other thing about having like, not having a really um good field there as well as it did give a chance for some other riders to kind of shine through who we hadn't really seen before like on the queen stage especially um having like kid kim kadzal um and the phoenix rider greta maturano i think her name is um she like those two were the two who were able to stay with um van vluten and utrecht ludwig on the main climb and it's like it was quite cool to see riders like that get the chance to you know be up there and you just don't really yeah I haven't really seen like loads of them that season probably because they're like working for other people or and stuff like that this race does kind of give a chance for some of the smaller riders to have to yeah be up there um yeah like Greta Martirana I think she's another like really good signing for um Phoenix to Koenig another example of like them sporting talent because I think she was on like um Top Girls Bortolo before mm -hmm. and she signed with them for like two years and she's now top coming like top 
four in world tour stages um that team's pretty good seems to be pretty good at like spotting riders with talent to be fair they've really like leveled up this season like they they've been one of them the best teams of the season like the way they race the way they take on the race and the way um like you say like they've they obviously are really good at spotting talent they've signed like some of the best up-and-comers like they've kind of built a really good team and they're also invested in the longevity of the careers of these riders and the development of these riders so they sign them for like long contracts in in the kind of understanding that they're going to develop and it's paying off um yeah I think I just I really like how they race too as well they they're aggressive they're one of the teams that don't just sit back and look at SD works which I'm always going to be a fan of so but yeah, yeah. um Kim Kadzow another super impressive rider she's been she's shown before that she's a really strong climber like she came I think she came third or she she had a really good ride at the Von Two challenge last year um yeah she was fifth in that whilst riding for a club team in the UK or was it a Conti team that's really anyway a low level team you both like yeah and then signed for Yumbo and she hadn't raced that much um this year and especially not in races where we got to see her or where she was able to kind of like show off her climbing skills because she's quite she is a pure climber I guess um so yeah it was good to see her get a chance especially because that team is often so focused around Mariana Voss and you know always riding for her it's good to see a rider like Hadzone being in a race and being able to like go for herself and it kind of shows what she can do when she does have the chance to go for her own results you know um she kind of messed up the finish there though I think she was like leading it out for ages basically to the sprint and um maybe that was just like lack of experience because that was probably not the best way to ride that sprint especially when you've got like Van Vluten and Cecilia you don't need to do that like it's kind of up to them they're they're the big names they it's kind of up to them to lead out you don't really need to take on that responsibility but she just rode on the front for ages and then subsequently got rolled by both of them but oh, still great ride from her no hate <laughs> no yeah she did kind of fumble the bag with that one I think it is just lack of experience and I think when you've not found yourself in that position often like it can be easy I imagine to sort of panic and be like okay I need to just like control this myself instead of yeah. you know holding your cars close to your chest and looking at the bigger riders but no great ride from her and, and Yumbo needs to sort of they do need to look at riders like her now and try and refocus a little bit because Marina Voss is kind of she's having trouble with her with iliac artery and fibrosis I think it is um she's having another operation and also they're bleeding riders left right and center and Kim Kazao is somebody who's actually nailed on for next year well her contract is until the end of next year. Meanwhile, they're losing riders like all over the place. Yeah, like I'm, I know, yeah, like looking at, well, I know we're going to talk about transfers later, but looking, I was looking through the kind of ones that have been made for this year and they've not signed anyone yet. So they kind of need to, yeah, get going with that if they want to have a team that's going to ever challenge the likes of SD Works and stuff. They've lost. Uh, Corinne Lebecki is moving like there's there's quite a few good riders who are 
moving away from that team. So maybe they're gonna re yeah restructure it a bit because Voss is obviously an amazing rider, but how long can you rely on her to be your only star or like your only person who you ever who you are gonna work for? I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's a weird one because like even we had like Ezra Trump who was the was her title manager. She she was a a director too. Like seemed like a really good um a person for that position like she was obviously like experienced as a rider like she'd done good work with Parkatel like she left and went to EF which don't know about the circumstances of that but anyway and it seems like a lot some riders have kind of after that also decided to leave and or haven't re-signed and they've got a re- like for next year I was just looking as you were speaking and there's nine riders on the roster for next year only. And a lot of them are really young. There's basically yeah. Rihanna Marcus, Amber Crack, Marina Voss and Anna Henderson, who've got, you know, like decent experience. And then they've got like, you know, Femme Van Impel, who's got priorities in other disciplines too. Um, Kim Kadzow, Maud Odeman, who won Zwift Academy a couple of years ago she's still developing she's only 19 and then two other 19 year olds who I think both of them are racing at, at Lavenir at the minute but I've otherwise never heard of them <laughs> so yeah I mean from what I've heard as well like they're very keen uh to sign like speed skaters who want to come over to cycling that's like a big focus of theirs and obviously the problem with that is like while these riders are super strong they're they don't really have race craft so and that takes a long time to develop so that's another thing like yeah you can bring these riders in but they actually need people to come in who are already kind of capable of supporting the likes of Anna Henderson Rihanna Marcus when they're fighting for like big results because I don't know they're never really there are they like Yumbo unless Voss is there they're just a bit quiet so Mm -hmm. and for a team like that with like with them on the men's side is they've got so much prestige and like they're basically the best team in the world it's really odd that it doesn't seem to transfer at the moment to the women's and why that is I don't know like if they're not like if there's a lack of resource or what the reason is but it definitely feels like they need to have a really big rethink of the structure of that team and and also just work out how because Voss is going to retire eventually they kind of need to work out how it will look without her I think yeah if I'm honest, it's given that they use like the majority of their budget on Voss and there's not much left to go around for other big riders to to join. I don't know, because on the men's side, it is literally like, okay, who are all the best riders and domestiques in the peloton? Let's buy them all, like come to our team. And then on the women's side, it's like, we've got Marina Voss and a load of developing riders and like, good riders but not leaders it's just a weird mix like it's it's strange it's a weird one they're kind of doing the phoenix iconic thing or trying to do the phoenix iconic thing but not it's not really happening for them in the same way because they are trying to develop riders but even fem van Empel, who she's cyclocross world champion i know she won a stage of lavenir and that but like her road like her road performances at like at the minute like aren't quite there and like that's fair enough she's only young but she's 
they, I hope they don't even try and lean on her, you know, it's like, oh, here's the next big thing. Exactly. I think the problem is you just, you can't lean on one rider. Like they need more of like a strength across the board. Like even Kim Kadza, yeah, she had a great result at Scandinavia, but she's not ready to lead a team. You know, she's still learning and like they can't be, you can't be leaning on her. Like, I don't know. They need more just like strength across the board to allow riders to have the development time that they need for sure anyway that's him by Visma what what else came out of Scandinavia um obviously Annemiek won um it was her if I'm not mistaken 104th win yeah uh, um possibly the last or one of the last that she'll have as well because she's she's retiring at the end of next week which we'll talk about yeah. later c-mac but yeah yeah i mean she basically won the race from the time trial didn't she from having like being by far the best of any gc riders in the time trial but what was interesting like i loved that she she won but it was not she didn't like blow everyone away which was actually really good to see um like there was a time when she would have turned up to this race ridden away on the queen stage by five minutes won the time trial by five minutes and it would have all been sewn up like she did she's done it like the giro rosa and stuff in years gone by um so it was actually really good to see that there was four riders sprinting for the win at the end of the queen stage she didn't win the time trial um that was won by grace brown which yeah that i mean grace brown winning the time trial i guess is kind of expected but um yeah i don't know van Vluten, i think there was a time where van Vluten would have really like wiped the floor with everyone in those kind of stages and she didn't and that's a good sign of how she's probably leaving the sport in a better place when she does retire because there is so many riders now you can fight for the win um so yeah it was interesting to see how she's still really good but it's she's good not like just not like miles and miles ahead basically yeah I think it's a number of things I think it's like she has leveled up like she has played a part in the rest of the peloton trying to come up to meet her level and also we have to be real like she's just about to turn 41 she's coming to the end of like a really long career like she's probably losing a little bit of her um form basically like she's she's not the rider that she used to be which is fine and fair enough and like so fine considering the fact that she's like where she is in her career and her age and everything like to to even be still winning things like races like this like it's no mean feat like it's not as if we're like oh well she just won Scandinavia but it's only Scandinavia like she still had decent competition and like I think it's easy to point look at how she kind of by her standards fell apart a bit at the tour and be like oh she's done but she's she's still going out on a high is my point like and I thought it was like I liked how she said like I'm gonna I want to retire when people are still wondering or still asking me to stop um, to stay not when people are wondering why I don't just stop and I think there's a there's a lot to be said for that like I really rate when riders decide to end their careers on a high like Anna van der Breggen, I would have loved to see her carry on for, for longer. I mean, she did really, like, she was a very early, like, to call it quits. And she could have gone on for, like, much longer. But she was just like, no, I'm done. I'm going to end here. Like, and she was, like, 
she was she still an Olympic champion at the time or after was this before like she was like I don't know she was like still at the top of her career anyway and I think it's it's just I I, I like to see that a lot more than like you know when you see a rider that's you're just like oh my god are you still going yeah definitely definitely I think you see it on the men's side of it don't you with certain riders um where you're a bit like, what but yeah Chris Green what um <laughs> No, but it's good. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's good to see her make that decision for herself. And I think also, um, you know, maybe she wasn't on her best form, like, for the last, for, like, the last couple of races. It's not all just about physical. There's also a lot to be said for, like, mindset and knowing that you're about to stop. And, like, where do you find that motivation from when you've won literally every race under the sun? You probably are a bit like, oh, Scandinavia. Like, I want to win, but I'm, Yeah it's not like life or death vibes um so yeah I'm glad she's retiring at the top and I think it's yeah it's good to see that she's she's gonna leave like a hole in the in the peloton like she you her presence will definitely like the lack of her presence will definitely be felt but at the same time it doesn't feel like I don't think it's gonna make as much difference as it would have if she retired like a couple of years ago because there is so many good riders now who will want to take up that role and yeah if anything like the racing will maybe be be like even better because there'll be people won't just be looking at her to see what she's going to do it'll be like a, even more of like everyone will be even closer together in terms of ability and stuff um so yeah it's good to see yeah no absolutely I think she's retiring at the perfect time where it's not like she's leaving this massive void um and we're also like at a stage where at one point we would have been like oh another Animate win classic like you just go into a race and you're like well Animate's just gonna walk all over this and by she's gonna win by miles it's actually now we're like oh Animate won or like there were points where during ST works like most dominant period of the season where we were like thank god someone else won yeah and so that it's like the tables turn so I think it's the perfect time for her to to call it quits um but if she was feeling a bit meh about Scandinavia I mean god knows how she's going to feel about C-Mac ladies tour her very last race of her career just a bit of a damp squib really isn't it to end your <laughs> not gonna lie no offense yeah. to C-Mac ladies tour but also kind of I know but I think it's I think it's because it's a home like it's kind of a home race and like she'll have a fan club there and she'll just be able to enjoy her doing her last race in front of like loads of people who she knows and kind of like start like ending where she started and I think it's quite I think I get why she's doing it but like also what she doesn't have much choice to do. Actually, like, races, like you could have gone to Romandy but I get I get that like you know she's doing her home she has actually won this race a couple of times and Plouet Plouet is tomorrow like soon isn't it mm, yeah tomorrow uh, yeah so she could have done that but she did I get it like there is actually a quote from her from her website where she was like, unfortunately, there are no other races on our calendar that really appeal to me or that suit me, but I didn't feel like stopping after the tour. I still feel like racing. So it's like actually quite a shame that there isn't, you know, imagine if there was like a Lombardia and she could have gone out in that. Like, uh. I don't know. Yeah. If I would have kind of, what the way she did that, like lap at the end of the world where she was waving to the crowd and stuff, that would have kind of been maybe a good moment to stop. But I get it if she wants to do a couple more races fair enough she can she can do what she wants you know she's animate rambly and man 
true so true do you know who nailed this actually this year the retirement sort of going out with a bang Mar Sebastianelli and we didn't really talk uh, enough but she was like yeah guys it's the Giro I'm Italian like I'm ending my career here like mid-season no fucks given like and then her teammate went and won the last stage and she uh, was like, that and that was so sick that so- was actually quite cool and that was like representative of like it's because it was her teammate and it was another Italian but like it was uh Consoni he's like a really young Italian rider it was really I feel like it really signified like a passing of the baton from Bassinelli to like the next generation of Italian stars um but yeah it got like no coverage her retirement bless us but shit um maybe it was just in the UK like maybe Italian media spoke about it a bit more but I didn't really see a lot about it yeah I feel like Italian media would have covered it I think I talked about it in the news like I think um it's a tricky one isn't it because she had a bit of like a uh, there was a, a bit of a question mark over like some of her earlier performances in her career she got positive and all the rest of that and stuff so I think sometimes people like looked her with a bit of like a side eye but like I think yeah, that's very true like you didn't like I think it felt like it was a bit of a touchy subject it's like if do we if we like massively praise her amazing career does it sort of then brush over the fact she did like have a, do- a positive doping test at one mm. point mm. but then that was a lot like, I mean other riders I mean fuck if you look at the men's peloton some of the riders that are currently racing who've got slightly sketchy past and I don't know. I'm not I mean, going to go down that route. No, she's had ban. She came back. She won again and didn't test positive again. So we can only go on what like the tests show, right? So yeah, and she held her to not learning any better English, and I fucking rate that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean going out at CMAC next week. So next. Sun by next Sunday, you're retired. That's it. I know. I couldn't even see who else is racing. Like, there's literally no start list, which is great and classic for women's racing. Um, yeah. but I think the two. I think there's two like punchy hilly stages. Um, towards the end of the race, I think the final two stages. I still don't think they're like Van Vluten winning stages though. They're like just ro- like rolling kind of Ardennes style. Um, so. I don't think she's necessarily going there to win it. Actually, she did say she actually hates she actually hates like the parkours of the race. It's like not a race she likes. But um I guess she just wants to see our fan club. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but there's yeah. a pan flat 7.1k ITT around Leuven, which probably also doesn't really see her, but she loves nice. I, I feel like that'll be won by like uh Charlotte Cool or someone like that, like a sprintery mm. rider. But, yeah and there's um, like no start list to speak of there's literally she's no on pro cycling stats right now sorry to use this website i know everyone hates it it's cancelled but i'm on it um <laughs> uh old habits die hard um there's literally her and the rainy weavers on the start list and that is it although that's not right because didn't sd works send out a press release where they said that elena Ciccini was going in as the leader where's that gone oh, oh. did they? i didn't see that i need to find it because i need to check that wasn't some sort of fever dream i know i'm sick it could yeah. <laughs> a quite literal fever dream um i think tilda mentioned it to me actually as well yeah so oh no that was plue sorry ignore me elena Ciccini is going in as leader the Plue for SD Works, which I also keep forgetting the existence of Plue. 
yeah I mean I haven't even looked at the start list for that is there many good people doing that who knows wait this is so rogue so Elena Chia they say she's going in as leader and then they've got Misha Bradewell, Marlon Rosa, um, Christine Myers, and Neve Fisher Black. Why? Surely Marlon Rosa has more chance of winning that race. Marlon yeah. Rosa's back racing already, is she? Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought she was cracked. I mean, it yeah, has that... been. How long has it been? Not that long, actually. Three weeks? Yeah, that's not very long. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I but mean, they have, I think this is this is the issue, you know. Like, is that she was kind of they keep racing her because she's so dependable. Like, it's kind of a a self fulfilling prophecy. It's like she's she's really good, and then she's yeah. always there, and she always does a good job. And so they're looking at their lineup, and they're like, "Who can we put in this race?" Like, and then she gets knackered, and then mm. I feel like the reason why the year with that team. Has she, when does her contract then? Ah, uh, yeah. Lisa. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Yeah. Hmm. Would she leave? I don't know. I don't think she will. I think she likes it there. She's really good mates with Demi, and uh, yeah. I think I I do think she likes SD works, but I just think she has been raced a lot. Yeah, it's got quite a good start list as well, actually. Tomorrow. It's literally tomorrow. Shit. Okay. Well, Asha's racing. Cool. Is she? Sorry, I don't know if that's true. Mia Dome is racing. Yeah. People, Lizzie D. Lizzie D. loves this race, eh? Yeah, she does. Was it this race where her and Lizzie Banks were like off the front? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Was it raining that day? I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, uh, she's won it three times. 2020, 2017, and 2015. Um, yeah, no, should be good. Like, it's just no, that would be a good race, actually. Why haven't we talked about this much? But because <laughs> we're shit at our job. It's in like a random part of the. I don't know. Like, my head's scrambled. I'm just. Is it cross season yet? <laughs> right. Um. Oh, quite a few people who did Scandinavia are also doing Plue. That's kind of interesting. I guess it did finish a little while ago. A week ago? No, not quite. Just under. Mm. Anyway. No, it's 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 always a good race, Plue. Punchy. Mm. Kind of Ardenzi, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It's it's probably gonna be like a like it'll be like a reduced group or a breakaway. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Voller is Vollering not going to race again this season? Because she's gravel not... mate. You called it. She's doing gravel, isn't yeah, it? I don't know. That's just my that's speculation. I don't know if she's going to race it, but she's always riding a gravel bike. I think Weebus is going to race gravel worlds. I'll, I'll bet on that. Oh, oh yeah. So she she was loves it. Yeah, she was at Tracker, wasn't she? She's been doing she a few races. She's always training when it on her story and was like, oh, on the gravel bike. Um. Yeah, I think she kind of loves it. Yeah, I don't know what I reckon. Uh, Demi will do Romandy, I think. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. true. Love, love as we learned from that press conference that lives rent free in my head. Wait, what did you? Oh, because she and loves it. made her say that she loved. I was like, you know, oh yeah, I love Switzerland. Oh my god, what the fuck? That's funny. 
that was so chaotic chaotic. let's carry on with this podcast um (laughs) so plue yeah i guess not much else to say about that um but it it's it's always a good day a good race so yeah 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 for sure i existed so now we we can get excited C-Mac is C-Mac honestly I can't there's nothing to say about C-Mac apart from the fact that Annemiek's going there and she's going to retire at the end of it and it'd be nice to know like maybe like who else is doing it but guess we can't we don't know so it's amongst those races too I was actually um I was trying to tell her about this recently like the calendar and the whole situation because I've been running to everybody that'll listen that I'm like this season is like created a situation where it's so full-on at the start and now there's nothing to talk about and you get this feeling of being like burnt out a little bit at this stage um and CMAC is one of those races where it was on the old world cup calendar like it's been around for a long time and I think just by virtue of being in that position it's now world tour but really is it should it really be at the same level as like the tour for example like is it a world tour race really exactly especially when it's like mostly circuits quite short stages it's not doesn't quite have the quality I feel like of a world tour race um it's one of those things isn't it where like it's one of the races that has been around since the start so we don't want to like say goodbye to all those races that kind of help build build up the sport from the beginning when like no one was really watching it just because we now have the tour and it's really professional um I don't know I, I even though like I hate to admit it I do really think that the women's races that get the most eyes on them and the most coverage and the most hype are the ones that people are the names that people recognize from the men's side like it's hard to it's a bit it's a shame but it does really seem to be that way that it's something about like having that name attached to the race just seems to make it a bigger deal like if you look back on the season like the races that have got all that coverage do seem to be the ones that have been have names that are historically attached to men's races that have been going on for like so many years I'm actually I'm not mad about that like should I be like I feel I feel nothing about that really like I just it just is what it is to me like it it makes sense and it's also just like fine like if women's cycling is getting coverage out of it and if the racing is good and if those are the races that can actually put on a professionally run good race with decent coverage and a decent parkour that gets the women's peloton the, the level of professionalism and attention that they deserve I don't care if it means that we have to follow along the men's calendar or races that are traditionally on the men's calendar. I I just, I can't get mad about it. Like I, I, I obviously, like it's great that there's races that have been around for a long time and it have been at the forefront of like pushing women's cycling forward and have been running women's races when, before it was cool. <laughs> and, you know, like, have dedicated all of this like you know races like Scandinavia they deserve if they can carry on running the race at to to the standard of a women's world tour race and if they are I don't know like I just don't I just think I 
I appreciate that people are sad to see, for example, the Volgada races go. But if you're at a point where you can't afford to put the race on, it's, you know, the the quality of the race is affected by it. It's not getting the same attention as the equivalent race that has a men's race attached to it. It just, that's just what it is. Like, that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles, like not to be, I don't know. I do, I, I'm not mad about the fact that the tour gets more attention because it's the tour. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen and we've seen the issues that come when races are run on like a shoestring budget, like the one in the Pyrenees where the roads weren't closed properly because there wasn't enough security and stuff like that. And we really don't want that. Um, I think as long as the as not as long as the women's races aren't being treated like a support act for the men's, then I don't think there's any issue with the fact that they all have the same name as like a men's race. Um, as long as they're given like the equal amount of attention, resources, and coverage then yeah I don't think there's anything wrong with it um yeah it's it's like I agree like it's I think it's fine and um maybe like it is the way to kind of bring it forward so that people sort of see it as like one sport and kind of can make that uh connection in their head of like yeah the women do 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 exactly the same like work as hard and race as hard as the men and maybe people need that kind of I don't know that thing in their head that says, yeah, all the men race, you know, Strada Bianchi too. And so it's going to be the same for the women. So I should just watch the women as well kind of thing. Um, But I think it's the same with Lavenir as well. Like having the women's tour Lavenir on at the moment, like that's, that's widely regarded as the hardest under 23 men's race. And the one, the kind of place where you go to like audition for a world tour contract, basically. And then in the women's side, we've had like, we have actually had like Watersley Ladies Challenge going on for quite a few years now, which is an under 23 UCI race, but it has never got this amount of hype as Lavenir has. And that's probably because Lavenir is where you've seen all of the best male riders develop. Um, So it's got that prestige. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, for me, it's not, it's like, it's men's racing that's, that's kind of, it's following on from, but actually it's kind of just yes that's set the precedent because unfortunately that's just the way that the world's been structured until that point but it's it's more just like that cycling rather than like oh that's meant do you know what I mean like the way the calendar is like the the tour and like this sort of thing it, if you look at other sports like tennis for example like the men and women do the same grand slam tournaments it's no one's going like oh and I'm I mean I'm pretty sure obviously I'm not a tennis like historian but like I imagine that the men were playing those tournaments before women were able to and no one now goes like oh why aren't there like separate tournaments for women on the tennis circuit like and the women get the same coverage because they're at the same tournaments as the men I've gone off on a massive tangent here no no yeah my point is like so what if we kind of sometimes have to piggyback off the popularity of the men's sport if it works and there's a trickle down effect and it means that women's cycling gets more coverage more riders get paid properly um the sporting is more professional I don't think in fact I think if you spoke to most riders they don't care either they're like we we're getting the coverage and the pay and everything that we deserve and they grew up watching the men's races too so they're like yeah I wanted to race the tour I wanted to race like 
Flanders and Roubaix and like all of this so yeah and it is like realistically like it is another it's a lot to learn like as a cycling fan it's another challenge to sort of say so if you if you know the women's peloton is racing Flanders you know it's cobbles you know it's a classic Strada Bianchi you know it's like on the like gravel roads and stuff but then if you then start saying oh but they're racing I don't know some like lotto I don't know not like a Simac ladies tour just an example you're a bit like well what kind of races are at Simac ladies tour like is that a you know is it going to be flat is it going to be hilly like it's just a whole new set of like races to learn and associate with in your mind and like it's already a pretty complicated sport to follow and I feel like it does make it simpler if it's like the women have this race the men have this race women have this race like like just keeping it following that calendar I don't really see an issue with it I mean to an extent obviously I don't think that like the women need to have three-week grand tours because the men do or they need to have as many races as the men do but like in terms of the big name races I see no issue really with like if they did add a women's Milan Sarima or, or Lombardia to the calendar like I think it'd be pretty cool I don't really have any issue yeah with it. Yeah, yeah yeah and I can't I used to be in the camp of like no we don't need to do this like I used to think like that and I I actually think I wrote something like about why we don't need a, a women's Milan Sanremo because we've got Binder but I've actually now like I've changed my mind a lot on this and I think that like for all the reasons you just said it's not an issue for the women to have a calendar that looks very similar to the men's and they want those races so and we've seen it prove like we know it works like we've seen it proven with like the amount of like eyes that were on tour of flanders the amount of people that watched the tour de france like it it does work and it's like i can i was kind of i know what you mean like before before i was kind of proven before it was proven to me how much it worked i was a bit like oh women like you know they have their own thing they can build their own narrative their own calendar but then when they introduced like roubaix tour de france and stuff and you saw how big those races were it was a bit like okay shit this is maybe the way we need to go yeah mm-hmm. well you mentioned lavanier briefly um let's talk a little bit about that i mean we can't watch it which is a shame um the men's one had full coverage well not full coverage but it was it had live coverage i should say um the women's one doesn't and it looks like the race has been pretty good as well so it's a shame that we can't watch it but have you been following it yeah yeah i've been following it like as much as i can on like socials and stuff and i think they're going to release like a highlights thing at the end of the whole race which i'll probably watch but from what i can see like um antonia niedermeyer is like smashing it in terms of she's leading gc and she seems to be like the very much like the best all-rounder there in terms of like climbing um and time trialing uh, i think gaia Raolini won the queen stage by like 40 seconds but because she'd had a bit of a rubbish time trial on the first stage um niedermeyer still is leading the gc by like 19 seconds ahead of today's stage i think there's one stage to go yeah um so yeah it's interesting isn't it because it's like yeah it is mostly world tour riders to be honest who are like uh contesting it but at the same time, it's still good to see because it's kind of like this the World Tour riders who you don't really get the chance to see shine in their respective trade teams. Like Anna Shackley, for example, is sitting second and has been doing really well, but SD works, she'll almost always be put into a support role. So even though, yeah, she does have that World, Court, World Tour contract, this race is still giving her the chance to race for herself. Um, and then, yeah, there's like, obviously there's a chance for kind of smaller riders. I mean, 
people are saying like it's the chance for smaller riders to like show themselves but I still think that's a bit of a stretch because it's pretty unfair to expect like a rider who's not on a world tour team to suddenly go to a race and start beating riders who are on world tour teams when you consider the support and like training facilities and stuff and that they get so I'm not really sure about the argument of like oh yeah it may it means that the riders who aren't on world tour contracts can get themselves known because it's still they can't really can they and I think when the sport gets bigger I probably would it probably would be good to see a rule of some sort like you can't be on that go to that race if you've been on the world tour for like x amount of years maybe does that exist in the men's because I thought that in the men's there were or like you see riders that are signed are already signed to to world tour teams but I feel like maybe you have to be a neo pro yeah okay that would make sense or or maybe I've looked and they're like just got a stagiaire already or something like that but but no like I mean what is it like the top in the top 10 pretty much everybody's got a pro team if not a world tour team um I just think in men's it's more common for it to be like if you already have a world tour team you kind of don't race Lavinia because the whole point of it is to get yourself a world tour contract so if you yeah yeah it's kind of like you don't really need to yeah like, but are there any interesting... sorry go ahead. no I was just gonna say like are there any big under 23 riders in the women's who have um, actively not raced Lavinia the only one I thought about the other day but she doesn't really do any road anyway is put Peter's but like she's got mountain bike world cups to race um and she's only done like two road races this season even though one of them was coming fifth at Strada Bianchi but um I don't think there's uh I mean there probably is I always forget like who is under 23 to be honest like mm-hmm. I was to start this and I was like oh you're under 23 still okay um Ooh. Blanca Vass is Blanca Vass there oh yeah that's actually so true she's the flipping world no she's the world she champ is. she's under 23 world champ she's not there that's so true flipping I guess crossing mountain bike as well no uh cross yeah she doesn't really do mountain bike world cups i don't think but yeah um she maybe she's just getting ready for the cross season um my headphones <laughs> <laughs> we fall into bits man um Either. anyway ah anyway yeah loving it An interesting point on this as well is that i actually so i spoke are you all right yeah okay um i spoke to two of the riders at the race my piece from Rulo, actually um about this race and um it was Flora Perkins and Adele Norman who is Canadian Flora Perkins is obviously British um and they both kind of said like it's a stacked start list but it's good to get racing experience against these girls who are in world tour teams in a in a race where it's a bit more of a level playing field so Mm, yeah marginally a level a more level playing yeah I I don't know I still find it hard to think of if you're if you genuinely don't have a world tour contract like Flora's a bit of an exception because she's on a world tour development team which we know is really good and gives some really good support but if you're genuinely on like a small quantity team I think it's pretty hard to show yourself against like someone like Anna Shackley or like Sharon Van Amroy who are on like track SD works who really get a lot of good support but I don't know <clears throat> no that's the thing too I think like um 
sorry I just lost my train of thought no I think like um there's a lot to be said for like having wheel tour racing in your legs too like a lot of these riders have been racing in and out like the wheel tour calendar and like the others just haven't and it's the same sort of like thing around like having a grand tour in your legs on the men's side like it if you've got all that world tour racing in your legs and you're going to race like lavanier like of course you're going to be a level above those that haven't so yeah it'll be interesting to see um like what this race means for like development teams and if there'll be more i don't know like development teams introduced if if more under 23 races get added to the calendar now will this race maybe like prove that there is an appetite for women's under 23 racing and make a bit more of a of a structured calendar or like a few more like high profile events for under 23 riders or will it always just be like kind of lavender I don't know no yeah that's so true because we've got a couple of teams next year introducing development like world tour teams introducing their own development squads so yeah because I mean little track were, were they, it was quite interesting when they brought Lidl on board as a sponsor. They have now started a men's development team with that extra funding. But for the women's side, they haven't started a development team. They've just said that they're going to invest in young talent. So they recently signed um, like three juniors, didn't they, onto the team. But they were kind of, their point was kind of like, we there isn't really the structure in women's cycling to make a purely development, a pure development program at the moment. Um, because we don't have like, there isn't, I guess there isn't that many races for them. So, but then you race in your national teams, don't you? So maybe this is a bit pointless. I don't know. Oh, this is like the worst podcast. <laughs> I'm so, I'm actually so shit right now. I can't even. Okay. Oh, I'm going to sneeze as well. No, are you sick as well? Is your trip to Belgium, Belgium caught up with um so last thing speaking of all of this and speaking of transfers and stuff is um news out today that Zoe Backstead's going to Canyons Ram family affair in it mm. from sort of mid-season well, end of season transfer from EF which mm, not so surprising considering that team is folding um but it's yeah it's giving nepotism a little bit <laughs> it's giving Nemo um, baby no it's not she's actually really good um but yeah because she wants she's going to race across for canyon isn't she straight away um makes sense great signing for canyon bit weird i think to be on have your dad as a sports director like selecting teams for races and stuff it's kind of you must have a very they must have a very like they must be able to compartmentalize their relationship very well i i just think like i don't know i i'm sure it's fine but in my opinion i'm like if your dad is deciding who's gonna go to what races, like if I was another rider on the team, I'd be a bit like, mm, it's kind of a sorry. Flash also, if it was my dad, like mate, this says probably says more about me, but like if my dad was like trying to tell me what to do, I'd be like, shut up, dad. <laughs> I'd be more yeah, to be like, yeah. oh my god, shut up, than like if it wasn't my dad. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, also it's like okay, just hypothetical situation, say like zoe like they need to make a call like who which rider sacrifices themselves on the front to like ride for another rider and he's like mm, it's my daughter like i kind of want her to win mm. i mean maybe really like impartial and like they must be they must have they must be confident within that because otherwise 
that has the potential to go very wrong. And the other riders must be also okay with like I didn't I hadn't even thought about that angle where like yeah when it comes to like selection or like roles within the team other riders could be a bit like mm. maybe they won't I was gonna say maybe they won't put them on the same races but like he's pretty much like the main DS so they will but... yeah um I mean who knows good yeah I was I thought Zoe would go over to the new EF team to be honest but yeah, me too. Because she seemed to really like it. Like I remember interviewing her last year when she was riding the cross season, and she just joined the team, and she was really happy with it, and she was really like. Well, I think I remember her saying like she had chats with like Linda Jackson, who obviously owned owned the team and gone with her really well, and really liked her vision. And if she's no longer part of the team, maybe Zoe was like, that yeah, was so of, true. Like really gone with her and like trusted mm-hmm. her, and then now she's not going to be part of the team maybe it's just one of them yeah yeah, yeah. um what we should do we should pester magnus again considering he was like him and him and michelle from phoenix Zaconi, like the most regulars <laughs> oh my god uh, um yeah but quite a few interesting like new signings uh like transfers announced already um like that ef team talking of them they've made loads of obviously because they're a new team they've made quite a few new signings like Corinne Lebecki is joining them from Yumbo she's a big like sprinter and then Lotta Hentala yeah I'm not gonna uh, lie also sprinter Sorry. right Sorry Oh. Yeah I was a bit surprised also or Clara Kuhlberg as well I don't know I just thought like some of these riders I'm a bit like oh, they haven't really done much, but then they obviously know what they're doing when it comes... Well, no, they don't obviously know what they're doing, but they're clearly, like, building something around some sort of... I mean... They're not just randomly signing people. Yeah, I guess, like, Lotta and Corin like, make a pretty good sprint, like, lead-out train situation. Um, Clara Koppenberg's a really good climber, but, yeah, she's had, she hasn't had the best season. Um, I, I don't know what necessarily what they're thinking I guess you kind of need to wait to see what their whole team is going to look like maybe they still have some bigger biggish names to announce um Alison Jackson's staying with them as well uh yeah it's like really good so they have got some like pretty big riders um yeah yeah I feel like Alison Jackson and Veronica Ewers were like no-brainers really to keep yeah 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 um Claire Steeles has gone to Movistar as well, which is quite an interesting one. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, can you hear the dog next door? Uh, Very, like, quietly, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely got, like, separation anxiety, and whoever lives there, like, whenever they leave, he, he starts, like, crying, and it makes me really sad. Well, that is really... You should offer to, like, dogs it. No, I was literally thinking that the other day, because I was like, I'm here on my own, he's on his own, we <laughs> can just hang out. But then I'm like, I'm not here enough to... Uh, yeah. Anyway... Can more separation anxiety um, yeah Claire Steele is actually really I thought it was really cool that she signed for Moistar because she's she's an older rider and there's all this about like you know always going for young talent talent and she deserves a contract with like a world tour team she's been so good and I don't think you should discriminate because she's older Mm-mm. so I was really happy to see and she'll really bolster their like climbing strength mm-hmm. with like Liam Lipper and her um obviously she's not gonna like be anime revolution she's not gonna like be able to necessarily fill those shoes but it will definitely deepen more star strength on the on the mountains especially now i, I imagine uh 
she'll get even like more support and more professionalism probably like you'd imagine she's getting paid more as well on Movistar so all of those things probably would contribute to her yeah performing better like more chances to go up to altitude and things like that so I think she'll be one to watch next year for sure no yeah definitely and she's signed till 2026 as well okay. yeah I'm pretty sure oh my god now you're making me doubt it but I'm I'm sure that's why um yeah till 2026 so they're obviously pretty confident in her and I mean um she started her career in Spanish teams as well, or like her pro career anyway. She was on Sapella. She was racing in the national series in Spain. And so, yeah. That's good. Talking of Spanish teams as well, um, I feel like we spoke about before about that Anne Santasteban move to Laboral Cushta, is that you say it? I think? Laboral Cushta. Yeah, it's Basque, like, don't even try. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. Like, they're a really small team. Like, they don't even go to like, hardly any World Tour races. And she's a really good rider. So that was quite interesting. But I have heard that that team is really looking to develop into, like, a World Tour squad. So having her, I'm guessing having her as part of their roster will help them get invites to certain races, especially Spanish ones. Um, So maybe, like, a team to keep an eye on for, like, developing. I guess that's, that must have been what they were going for when they signed her because... I'm not gonna lie, they were like, like I remember at UAE tour, they were like, they were there and they were like immediately getting dropped in every stage. And I mean, it was crosswinds and they're all like skinny Spanish climbers. So maybe that's why, but they, yeah, I remember thinking that was a bit of a rogue move, especially for a rider who, it, it was given like the sort of thing that you would do if you were towards the end of your career and you hadn't had so many results and you were sort of leaning on your, like nationality to get a ride in a team like that but she doesn't need to do that she's had a really good season and she's still going pretty strong so clearly they've got some other tricks up their sleeve that team to get they're gonna they're not gonna be the same team that they have been like this year no no they must be like getting some increase in like funding or something like that because I don't think she I I mean maybe she really wants to go to a back to like a Spanish team since she's a Spanish rider but yeah, you'd think like Movistar or a team like that would have been interested in her, but I guess not. Or she signed with them till twenty twenty six. See, that's an indication that they do have some some pretty decent funding, then, right? Mm-hmm. I do yeah. know that they want to be, become World Tour, but I just don't know how what their timeline is for that. No, I guess they're gonna have to wait until the next cycle of no. God, all that's so confusing to me, like the relegation stuff. Like, I'm not even getting into it. I'm not even getting it. We've reached the end of my tether and the end of the podcast. Uh, I don't think this was not very good. <laughs> well, we'll let the listeners decide that. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> I think we had some good chats about... I don't think I was on good form today at all. It's okay. No one's on good form at the minute. <laughs> well, I certainly aren't. Yeah. I can speak. Yeah. I, just... <laughs> I, I certainly don't... aren't. Oh. No. <laughs> anyway. That's, uh... That's the end. We've descended into madness as usual. Yeah. I miss I miss the tour days. I miss my Zoom recorder. I miss oh, Arno. Miss Arno. When will we we'll... literally we're probably not gonna go to the race till like the classics. <laughs> yeah. Although, no, we need to fulfil the dream of going to a cross race. <gasps> yeah, I'm actually super keen. 
Same. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna eat fruits, get drunk, scream at someone, like with the <laughs> like for the riders, not scream at someone like beef. You probably will if they touch your car. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I went cross racing. It seems like such fun vibes. Like it's so un like it's so like not as serious as covering a road race. Well, that's just how I feel. It just because it's just more simple, you know. They're just like they go around and. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's like mountain biking, except I can't like fully enjoy mountain bike world cup the same as I could enjoy a cross race because I don't have an invested I don't have a vested interest. So yeah, like yeah, we could just do this podcast and then get yeah, drunk. Drunk. <laughs> literally like I wouldn't even have to write anything. Ah. Oh god, no, no, it's not a work thing. It's like we might record this podcast, have a laugh, and then do the Belgian thing, eat fruits. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be well fun. I'm going to wear one of those bubble hats. It's going to be great. And wellies, if it's raining. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Watch Sam decide he wants to race cross now. I'm going to be like, stop ruining everything for me. Stop ruining my, all my fun, please. <laughs> <sighs> right. You've That's got it. I've got to go. Yeah. Got to go as well, but I don't know why. Just have. Just go and stare at the Vuelta. <laughs> stare at the wall. <laughs> think about it my life listen to the lonely dog next door oh no I think his owner came back that was the uh, yeah yeah he was excited yeah right thanks right. for listening thanks for joining me Rachel thanks for having me until next time 